Good evening, everybody. All right. Uh, what we are going to do is instead of me preaching, I will speak to you. I will talk to you from the Word of God and bring biblical principles and bring it to you from the Bible and uh, help each one of us to have a wonderful walk with the Lord. Uh, so turn your Bible to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I've been studying the book of Second Chronicles and the Lord has been uh, just giving me some wonderful truths and beautiful messages from this book. And I'm enjoying studying this book. Uh, so much to learn and so much of truths in this. If we would just be open to the... Um, to God, to the Holy Spirit, to teachers from this Bible. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to help each one of us. So Second Chronicles chapter 20 for this evening. And we are going to study uh, and see what the Lord has in store. Here is a situation. And the situation here is, um, there is a battle that's going to happen. And three different nations getting together coming to fight against Judah, or namely as a king, Jehoshaphat. When three large group gets together and comes to fight against one, what happens? Who is going to win? Three versus one. Who is going to win, by the way? The one that is with three, right? They are stronger. And so that is the situation here. Jehoshaphat does not have that much of strength to face three different nations coming together to fight. So now Jehoshaphat has something to lean upon. And that's what we are going to see. So shall we pray and ask God to help us this evening. Father in heaven, we thank you that you met with us this morning. We thank you that we saw you move among us. Uh, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning and again this evening, O oh God, as we come and open the word, the word of God. We pray to you that you will speak to us and uh, minister to our soul and our spirit. Stir our hearts, O oh God, this evening and uh, maybe get answers to our life questions and that we may apply these truths to our life and live a life that pleases you. Uh, thank you for, your uh, for these faithful people who are back again in the house of God to worship you, to hear your word. We pray that they may go home thanking and say how wonderful it was that we came into the house of God. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' sweet name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Again, thank you once again uh, for this great privilege of having me in your church. And uh, thanking Pastor Mike Hoggard once again. For the opportunity to come and minister to you. He's a great friend of mine. I've been enjoying his fellowship for the last 10 years. And he's been a great friend and a wonderful preacher of God's word. And I'm so happy to stand behind his pulpit and bring the word of God today. In verse number 1, what we are going to do is we are going to go through the whole chapter... Uh, up to verse number 26. And uh, since it is long chapter, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we are going to jump 
from every verse that we are going to pick up on. Okay? So in verse number 1, when you look, the Bible says here, It came to pass after these also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. There came, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of this side, Syria. And behold, they be in Azon Tamar, which is Angadi. A large group is going to come to fight against Judah and against Jehoshaphat the king. And the message is brought to him. And so this evening, we all may have a situations in our life. I thank God I do not know each one of you. And I, I know nothing about you. But I'm sure each one has a silent prayer that we speak to God, that we don't tell anybody about it. We don't even talk to our spouse. Uh, or if we may speak to our spouse or we may not speak to our parents about it. Or if we do, we don't speak to our friends or we don't talk to our church members. And there may be some struggles that we are really struggling. A kind of a big giant coming against us and we do not know how to handle the situations in our life. And many a time uh, when we do not know what to do, we tend to do something out of emotion and we ruin everything. And today I want to talk to you about what to do when you don't know what to do. What to do when you don't know what to do. It could be a physical problem. It could be a marriage issue. It could be financial. It could be a relationship. Whatever that situation might be, Lord willing, today the Lord will encourage you, comfort you, strengthen you, build you, and even uh, put a kiss on your cheek. By the Lord Jesus. That he may embrace you with his arms. And you may feel the warmth of his hug. And encourage you in your walk with him through this message. Here is a situation. A king do not know what to do. Because a large multitude of army is going to come to fight against him and his nation. And so what he does is the first thing in verse number 3. And Jehoshaphat feared. Isn't that the normal thing that happens to any one of us? When we know that is a big, either if it is a physical problem, sickness, issues of marriage, financial problem, or accident, or sickness, or, or relationship, whatever it is. The first thing is the fear. As human beings, we all have fear. And what happened here is, and Jehoshaphat feared. And sometimes good fear is needed. Now we should not be fearing about anything else. We should have the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. And what God wants you and me is when fear comes... What do you do? And we learn from Jehoshaphat that he feared, but he did not linger upon that fear, but he did something more when the fear came. 
The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared, look at the next thing, and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now as Christians, we all like feasting, isn't it? We all like feasting and praying. <laughs> and But once in a while as Christians, we all need to take time and set ourselves to seek the Lord, maybe through fasting also. Because there is a great power when we fast and pray. When the disciples or the apostles couldn't cast the devil out, the evil spirit, they came to Jesus and said, Why? And Jesus said, Such cannot go without prayer and fasting. And there is a great, when we fast, you are showing God, Lord, I'm serious about it. I'm really serious about your situation. And I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, until you help me. And so what Jehoshaphat did was, when he had no strength, and when fear gripped him, he set himself to seek the Lord. We have to seek God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Sometimes problem just comes flooding in our life because we are trusting in our own strength and we are not seeking God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jehoshaphat did the right thing. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And so he called all the people. He says, hey, we have a situation here. This is, going to be, this is going to destroy us. This is going to destroy all of us and we are going to be captive and we are going to be slaves. Our life is going to be miserable. The enemies are going to take over us and we will never able to win. But there is one way that we can do. We can seek the face of God through fasting. And they all came and fasted and prayed. And they started seeking the face of God. Oh dear friends, sometimes we should set apart our time. And fast and pray and seek God. When we have to make some decisions in life. Now we, we, we hear about the prayer of Solomon. We hear about the prayer of Daniel. We hear about the prayer of Jabez. But we hardly hear about the prayer of Jehoshaphat. But when you read the prayer of Jehoshaphat in this chapter, and I'm not going to read all of that, I'm just going to go through it. But when you go home, I would encourage you to read that prayer. His prayer is very deep. In his prayer, he reminds God the promises and what they are doing for God. Sometimes when you pray, it is good to remind God. It's not that God forgets. But when we tell God what we've been doing, we are telling God, you said this in your word, your promises are in the scripture, and I've been believing and, and obeying it. I pray that you will bring your promise to fulfillment in my life. Sometimes such prayers become powerful prayer. And so Jehoshaphat begins to pray him. And as he prays, he tells God in verse number 8, and they dwell therein, have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying. So basically, Jehoshaphat says, Lord, 
You know, we build a sanctuary for you. We build this house of prayer for you. And we are dwelling in there. Our hearts are in the sanctuary. We come here to pray. We come here to sing. We come here to hear the word. We come here to give our offerings and our tithes. Oh God, we, we dwell in the sanctuary. It's not that, that God was not knowing. But Jehoshaphat is reminding God. As he feared God, he sought God, he fasted God. And one thing what he did was he tells God, Lord, we are here staying in your house. As Christians, we are called to stay and dwell in the Lord's sanctuary. Now, my dear friend, I so much appreciate you that this evening you are here. And you came in the morning. And many a time, I don't know if you can agree with uh, me also. When I go to prayer and I'm on my knees, within a few seconds, my mind go is gone somewhere else. Any, any, it happens to anybody? Amen. I try to pray and my mind is gone to some kind of entertainment or some kind of problems that I'm facing or some situation that I'm going through and my mind has loitered here and they're wandered and we are wandering. You know, I was coming up and there is a little uh, picture there. Lord, bind me. Bind my wandering spirit. And we all need God to bind us in his heart. Our mind wanders and God, and here he says, uh, you know, uh, and they dwell therein. And I build thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying. They dwell, dwelling means abiding. And that's what Jesus speaks about in John chapter 15. You know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, he shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. God wants you and me to abide in him. Now we have a wandering mind. Our mind wanders. But God says, I want you to bring your mind under subjection. And you need to intentionally and purposely, purpose in your heart, that when I go to church, I'm going to concentrate in the singing, in the praying, in hearing the word of God. And my mind, when my mind just tries to wander here and there, I'm going to bring it back into subjections. When I'm, when I'm praying and my mind wanders, I'm purposely, intentionally going to bring my mind under subjections. And God wants us to dwell therein. That's what God told to Moses. God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to come up. And so Moses takes Joshua and asks him to stay down the mountain. And Moses walks up there. And while Moses, before that, God told Moses, Moses... I want you to come up and be there. Now it's possible to come up and not be there. It's possible to come in the church and not be there. It's possible to be in marriage and not be there. Because sometimes we take things for granted. And that's why God wants us to be intentional and purposeful in our marriage. Making an extra effort. To show, to show our spouse that we truly love and we care. And, and uh, telling them that you love and you do something to show them. And you care about them. And God wants us to stay in the marriage, in our relationship. And so God told Moses, Moses come up and be there. God wants us to be there. Even in the church when we come. 
Our mind may be like thinking about tonight when I go home, what am I going to watch? And when the mind goes off like that, because our mind may go and will go, and we have to bring it under subjections. And, and, and as a, uh, Jehoshaphat reminds God, Lord, we have, we have built a sanctuary to dwell therein. And we are dwelling there and we are in the house and our mind is here, our hearts are here, we want to worship you. We are fasting and praying. Like Jacob said, Lord, I will not let thee go until you bless me. And so our prayer should be such. Our desires for and with God should be such. And that's why God speaks, you know, the Bible speaks about in uh, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, uh, it says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We need to bring our mind under subjection, our heart under subjection. Uh, uh, Paul says in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in the sight of God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, Be not confirmed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because our mind can wander. And that's what this uh, yogic meditation teaches you. To empty your mind. So that the evil spirits can get into you. And God says, no, 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 I don't want you to empty your mind. I want your mind to be renewed uh, and not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we need to fill our mind with God's word. We need to, put an, uh, we need to um, keep our mind and our heart with all diligence. And so Jehoshaphat says, Lord, we are here to dwell. We're not going to wander. We are coming here to seek your face. So first thing, dear friends, when you have situations in your life and you do not know what to do, what do you do? You set yourself to seek the face of God and abide in God. Abide in God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, he shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Look at verse number 12. Oh, our God, he continues in his prayer. Oh, our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. This is the greatest prayer a man can pray in any situations of life. He says, Lord, I do not know what to do. That's what he's saying. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. A great king. He has his army. He can fight the battle. But now he understands. He cannot face this three large multitude coming against him. He says, oh God, this is great. This is a great... Um, uh, so, uh, great company that comes, cometh against us. And I'm confused. I don't know what to do. But my eyes are upon you. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Dear friends. I don't know what your situation may be. But when you don't know what to do. 
don't do anything because when you do something when you don't know what to do you will ruin everything and mess your life sometimes we think that i can handle the situation we think that i can fix this up for me and when we try to do this we mess things up it could be in whatever situation what we need to do is when you don't know what to do keep your eyes in the lord because the bible tells us what to do and the when the bible tells us what to just do that you don't have to get into action keep your eyes on the lord and sometimes when you don't know anything just stay that's why the lord says put on the whole armor of god that you may able to stand against the wiles of the devil he didn't tell us to go and chop them off he didn't tell us to go and fight he told us to stand and god will do the fighting god will fight against the enemies god will get into your marriage and he is able to handle the situation better than you and me he is able to get into our finance in our job in our ministry when we don't know what to do if we continue to keep our eyes on him just like any foolish person lord i'm a fool for christ i do not know what to do all i'm going to do is i'm going to seek your face i'm going to stick to the word of god i'm going to pray i'm going to wait upon you because i know if i keep my eyes on you you're going to take care of my life you're going to take care of my situations you're going to fight against my enemies verse number 13 and all judas stood before the lord with their little ones their wives and their children oh how different these people were and when we look in life today a lot of people become bitter in this day and age when problems happens in their life they think that god should immediately intervene and solve all their problems and immediately give them relief and redemption we think that we deserve everything from god and when that doesn't happen immediately what what we do is a lot of people today they get out of the church they get out of prayer they get out of their relationship with christ uh, they they become bitter against god they don't want to do anything against uh, uh, with god they don't want to pray they don't want to sing they don't want to be in the church they don't want to read the bible they don't want to support the ministry they don't want to give offering and tithes they become extremely bitter against god but you know what these people did when this situation came they all with their family husband wife and children they came and sought the face of god look at verse number 13 and all judah stood before the lord with their little ones that's their children all judah means what husband and wives grandfathers grandmothers moms and dads and children and all judah stood before the lord with their little ones their wives and their children look at that they all came instead of being bitter against god instead of think and trying to do anything by their own strength and not depending on god these people choose to keep their eyes on god and be in the house of god and says together with the family 
we're going to seek God. That is what you and I as Christians should be. That is what we should always, our, our response to every problem should be. When I don't know what to do, I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring my family at the altar and seek the face of God. When I don't know what to do, I'm going to keep my eyes upon the Lord. Look at verse number 15. I'll read 14 and 15. Uh, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Matthaniah, a Levite, the son of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So there is a prophet, verse 15. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen? My dear friend, I want you to know, whatever you're going through, God has not put a blind eye to your situation. God is seeing it, and He is fighting for it, whether you know it or not, your present situation, you may think like, ah, oh, I feel like God doesn't care about me. I want you to know God cares about you. He is in the situation and he is fighting the battle whether you are able to see it or not. The battle belongs to the Lord. For the battle is not yours but God's. But if you want God to fight, you should not fight. If you want God to fight, you should not fight. Because most of the time, when we try, we like to take the glory, isn't it? I did it my way. I did it. And we don't give God the glory. And, and uh, we mess around. We mess up things for our life. We think that, ah, this is the way to do it. Everybody's doing it. And then we find out, oh man, I messed it up. The Lord, the battle is not yours, but God's. Look at 17. He shall not need to fight in this battle. What is your battle today? What is your battle today? In your heart, you can answer it. And that is exactly your battle is. He shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. So what do you do? You set your eyes upon the Lord. You stand and serve the Lord. Which means, you know, the Bible says, wait upon the Lord and be of good courage. You know what wait means? The word wait comes from the word waitress. Or the word waitress comes from the word wait. Wait means, the one, you know what the waitress does? She serves you on the table, isn't it? So when, you, when the Bible says wait, it means serve the Lord when you don't know what to do. Serve the Lord. You wait upon the Lord means you serve the Lord, you worship the Lord, you serve the Lord, you give Him praise, you, you put your problems in God's hand, you be a waiter or the waitress for the Lord. That's what wait means. Wait simply doesn't mean you stand still. Wait means... 
You don't do anything, but you continue to serve the Lord. You understand that? So the Bible says, "Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, look at this, fear not. Nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. See, God is not saying go and fight. He said, stand still. Okay? And he says, set yourselves, and then go. And tomorrow, the Lord will fight for you. So I'm just supposed to obey what God's word says. If I believe the Bible... I just have to do what God's word says. I have to keep my eyes on the Lord. I should set myself in seeking the face of God. I should be in the house of God and worship Him. I should intentionally bring my mind in prayer and in worship. I should know that the battle is of God, not mine. And I should stand still, serve the Lord basically, set yourselves... Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Verse number 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Our worship should be pure with purity, humility, and honesty. You know, this great man, he's a king. You know what he did? He humbled himself and he worshiped the Lord. One thing you, know, you need to know, when problems happen, don't run away, but come closer to God. Don't become bitter, but keep your heart right. Don't turn your eyes away from God, but set yourself in seeking God. Don't be like the world. We are of the world. When you don't know what to do, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Verse 21. And when he had consulted, uh, look at verse 20, and this is important. I'll read verse 19 and 20. And this is important. And Levites and the Levites of the children of Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. No matter what you're going through, you may not feel like singing. I enjoyed how Elisa sang today. Full of vibrancy. She gave it all for the Lord. How Matt sang today. How Pastor sang today. And basically, as Christian. The Bible calls us to make a loud noise and joyful noise unto the Lord. Now these people, you know what they are showing us as Christians? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now rejoice does not mean go around laughing your head off. Rejoice means wait upon the Lord. Know that God is in control of all your situation. Don't let bitterness creep in you and make you angry and bitter in life. Rest upon God. Rest upon the Lord. And so, when he, and then say, they are singing. Enemies are coming against them, but they are praising with a loud voice. 
20. Now this is important. Now you can believe in God as much as you want, but if you're going to sit here doubting your preacher, that will never help you in your spiritual walk. If you're going to sit with a critical, I'm not talking about you, I'm just speaking in general. I know you love God, you love your preacher, but I'm just speaking in general. If Christians always come to the house of God and sit with a critical mind about the preacher's message, you will never increase in faith. You will never grow in your spiritual life. And so what the Bible says here in verse number 20, And they rose early in the morning, and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and he, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is important. Look at your Bible. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. If you want God's word to make a difference in your life, believe in the preacher what he's preaching. If you don't believe the preacher what he's preaching, no matter how much you believe in God's word, you are, if you're going to sit with a critical mind and a doubtful mind, you are going out of here with doubts and criticism and bitter spirit. You can say how much you want, how many times you want. I love God, I love God's word. But if you're going to be critical about the preacher that God gave you and not going to believe in the message that he's preaching from the Bible, it's not going to help you. But if you believe in God, he's going to establish you and you believe in the preacher that preaches the word, he's going to prosper you. Which means God will intervene in your situation and he's going to use the word of God to strengthen you and prosper your life. Now, when prosper your life, sometimes we Christian, when we hear the word prosper, we get scared. We think, oh, it's speaking about joy, it's my message. No, 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 the word prosper is the Bible word. The prosper does not have to be only money. Prosper also can be God prospering your marriage, He's prospering your finance, prospering your uh, spirit, uh, relationship with God, He's prospering your health, He's prospering your walk with Him. He's putting an edge of protection. He's going to help you. That also means prosper. So the word of God says uh, uh, that believe, uh, so shall, uh, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall he prosper. The pastor, the preacher that stands and preaches the word of God, he is a prophet. And this morning, uh, uh, your preachers told about how men and women when we tell people about God's word, we are prophesying. And we got to believe in the preacher who is a prophet that God has given you. So remember that and never forget. Look at verse number 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to, and to say... Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. You know what he did? He, he made the people to sing. He, he, he brought the people who can sing so they can sing the beauty of his holiness. So when we sing, we are not singing the pastor's glory. We are not singing the singer's glory. We are not singing the musician's glory. We are singing the beauty of God's holiness. 
we need to understand that's why we need to sing and we need to sing with joyful noise and make a joyful noise and a loud noise look at verse 22 my dear friend in the situations of when you don't know what to do and if you do these principles you know what god is going to do look at the, look at verse number 22 oh god i do not know what to do but my eyes are upon you look verse 22 and when they began to sing to pray and to praise the lord set ambushments against the children of ammon moab and mount sire which were come against judah and they were smitten amen you know these people did not take the sword and go and fight these people did not use their knowledge and their, their personal wisdom they did not say i go to the gym every day and i take this protein and i can solve the problem i have read all these books on marriage i no 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 they didn't do that they said lord i do not know what to do i'm going to keep my eyes on you you told me to be in the house of God. I'm going to be in the house of God with my family. You told me to sing. I'm going to sing. You told me to honor my preacher. I'm going to honor my preacher. You told me to. Um, you told me that your ba battle is yours, not and not mine. I'm going to believe that the battle is yours, oh God. I'm just going to sing. I'm going to be in the Word. I'm going to be in the church. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to put on the whole armor of God and stand. And these people did exactly that. When they did not know what to do, they just continued worshipping God, praising God, serving God, loving God, and waiting upon God. And when they did that, verse 22, God set an ambushments against all these three enemies, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. God smote them. God killed them. The soldiers did not go to fight. God killed them. God destroyed the enemy. And that is the message what God wants you to know. God is able to fight your battle. If you would allow him to fight the battle. Many times we do so much foolish things. Instead of allowing God, we take things in our hands and we ruin so many things. The Lord wants you and me to know these truths today. And then you know what happens? God smote them. God smote the enemy. He gave victory to God's people who set themselves to seek God, who worship God, sang praises to God, who stayed in the house of God, who believed in God, believed in the prophets of God. Luke verse 25. All the enemies were killed. I'm finishing with 25 and 26. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil it was so much so what god did is god honored them for their faith god honored them and they did not know what to do they did exactly what god wanted them to do they kept their eyes on the lord they did not allow their spirit to become bitter or critical they stayed and worshipped God. They stayed in the house of God. They did not say, I don't want to go to church anymore. They stayed in the house of God with their family. They kept their heart right. They brought their mind into subjections. They believed in God. They believed in the preacher. And, they, and the Lord prospered them. And God blessed them. And when blessing comes, verse 26, when blessing comes, when God blesses you, 
And many times this is what happens. When blessing comes, we become cold. We think now, ah, everything is okay with my life. Now I don't need to seek God. No. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of the same place was called the valley of Baraka unto this day. So what did they do? That they blessed the Lord. When the blessing comes in your life, when victory comes in your life, when God grants you victory and blessing, you continue to bless the Lord. You continue to keep your eyes on the Lord. You continue to keep your heart sweet. You continue to be sweet spirit and humble. You continue to worship God, sing His praise, give unto God, stay in the house of God, dwell in the word of God, believe in God, believe in the prophet, know that the battle belongs to the Lord and not you, and God will smite your enemies and give God all the glory and all the praise. When you don't know what to do, keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen? Shall we pray? A few moments in silence, you just do business with God, you pray. Whatever your situations, you bring it to God and say, Lord, here am I. I'm going through this situation. I really don't know how to answer these questions of life with my children, with my spouse, with my marriage, my relationship, my finance, my job, my business. I really don't know God. I thank you for speaking to me today. I'm going to do exactly what the word of God says. The battle belongs to you, O oh God. It is not my battle. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to trust in your word. I'm going to keep my eyes upon you. You talk to God and let God enter into your situation.